Good morning. This podcast is brought to you by Opinions. Opinions. If you don't have hair, have opinions. This is Down by the River. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. My name is Terrence Hartnett. I'll be your host. Um, thanks for listening. My guest today is the one and only Bobby Condon. That's right. He is bald, which is why I made that joke up top. But he's one of my oldest friends in comedy. We started in Chicago together. Rather, uh, I started and Bobby was my superior. <laughs> we discussed that. Bobby was uh, one of the guys who I was like, oh no, Bobby Condon. And now he's my friend. And we kind of talk about... Um, you know, how we related to each other at, at at that time versus how we relate to each other now. And uh, we just talk. Bobby talks about New York and about what's going on with him and his dating life and my dating life. And we talk about all that stuff. And uh, he's one of the best people to talk to ever because you can ask him about a thing and he's got an opinion on it. He's got it. He knows what he, he thinks about everything. He's... Maybe he's set in his ways, I don't know, but he's very smart and very articulate and occasionally very angry. So it's just an entertaining guy. Great comedian. Um, I recommend seeing him live because uh, he'll shout at you in a very entertaining entertaining way. So I was pumped to talk to Bobby at his home in Fort Greene. Um, he's a real adult with a real job, and uh, he doesn't take comedy um he doesn't take comedy like life or death seriously. He's got a good life balance. Um, and that's Bobby. You'll, you'll see. You're going to love it. Um, enjoy. And um, if you enjoy, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with somebody. Put it on your stories. I think word of mouth is probably the most important thing with podcasts. So if you like it, tell someone that you like it. And then uh, they'll like me because um, I'm undeniable. I'm super likable. Um, and humble and articulate Uh, thanks for listening take it away Steve down down sort of taken for granted by myself and my ma and like you know some friends or whatever it's like yeah you'll be a writer that's what you'll do <laughs> and then and 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 then after high and like when i was in high school i'm like yeah i'll start writing um at when i'm in college i'll be like an english major and stuff and then i was in college and in an english major and i never wrote anything other than what was assigned and i was like well when i get out of college then i'll start writing because yeah. i'll have the time or whatever yeah. and i got out of college and didn't do anything. I was like, well, I should probably go to grad school and like really, and then I'll just, and then it's like, and it, it took until I was like 30 years old where it's like, oh yeah, all like writers are kind of like special and, and people that are, <laughs> and, and people that were writers that it's in their bones, it's within them. They were writing that whole time. Yeah, yeah. They weren't thinking in abstraction about writing. They weren't driving around and like a cool song comes on. It's like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of a cool situation right now. I could <laughs> write that one day. One day I will write that. <laughs> and it'll be a hell of a thing. It's like, no, they were right. They stopped. You know, like, oh, they needed you know? it. Or they like they closed the door, locked it, didn't talk to anybody, and like their existence was on paper yes. like they that's how they thought it through yeah they're different kinds of people also they don't have adhd also true that's also true they, they don't have it they don't have the they don't have adhd 
a lot of the writers that we grew up, you know, worshiping and stuff didn't didn't have all the distractions and all that stuff. Oh my god! <clears throat> but nevertheless, yeah, and writing was the internet then, where it was like that was the coolest thing. That was like the thing to get. That that was a way of getting attention. Yes, it was like and by, reading even. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, what do you? Like, yeah, instead of like at a fucking party like we do now, where it's like, what season of are you watching Mayor of Easttown? <laughs> um, that's a great time to leave the conversation. If someone brings up what shows you're watching, you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna get anywhere. I can. I, there's blogs for this shit. Now see, now see, that's where you leave the conversation. That's where I lock in. <laughs> that's why I'm like, well, I'm on. I'm I'm almost caught up with Mayor of Easttown. I'm also liking Killing Eve. I mean, I like. I hate to say it, but I, like, but those those are the TV. I, I think I saw someone saying this recently. TV is the new books. Absolutely. To totally. Which is not, I suppose, like not like a super deep thought. But I, I had never really thought of it that way. It's like, oh, yeah, it is. And and I feel like TV has surpassed movies. Yeah. Like movies, like, movies are like a comic book almost. <laughs> and I've had this. Th and, and listen, I've been trying to. I've been trying. To, I've never tried to do a bit about this because I feel like there's almost nothing at all to it even though i think there's 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 a great deal behind it but so a lot of people you know they like to are is it okay that we're just starting like this this is it okay good so like why are movies like a comic book okay yeah you're doing it so that it's you have to and this is going to sound so stupid because i'm breaking down something that's so obvious right <laughs> but that you have to every moment in a movie there's there's no room for anything that doesn't matter in terms of the plot right yep and a lot of people like to get high, you know, smoke weed and watch movies. And what has fucked up movies for me, because when I was younger, I was obsessed with movies and I yeah. really wanted to be like a movie director. And so that was my dream as a kid. But like now I'll get high and, and watch a movie and I'll literally have this thought every time I'll be like, this is just a bunch of made up bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, why the fuck would, and it's like every single action, every single word is advancing the plot to get to this end point and it's all like, it's all so unnatural and it's all so forced, like, like a okay. sort of, and, and I'd say, I say comic book in that sense, just in terms of brevity, but it's like, but in, with the brevity, you have to like intensify every fucking thing. And it seems silly after a while, like at a certain, and when, TV shows are different. How? Because you merely have more time to sprit to to have if you don't look at a TV show Maravistan let's use that as an okay, example. Okay, I haven't seen it but go. Okay, well and I no spoilers because you absolutely should watch it. But in a TV show that is not like where every single episode is a 30 minute or 1 hour story, so on a continuing narrative like a Maravistan, it's a 10 like hour a, story. Yes. Okay. Yes. And like a pretty little liars or whatever the fuck that one is. Great second <clears throat> example. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I get the title right. But point being is that now you have 10 hours of narrative room. Yeah. So you really build a character. You build secondary characters. You build a mood and blah. And I mean, you can do all that in a movie, but everything is so much more. Everything has so much more weight that it that when you're in like when you're like if you're smoking weed, you know, like 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 the original example where it's like the weight makes it seem silly. It's like, oh, geez. Oh, OK. And yeah, do yeah. I have a single example to illustrate this? No. 
Okay? But think about it with your mind. How about that? Where it's like, okay, it ling- a, a door closes, and the camera lingers on the closed door for a little too long. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess the door's important. Yeah. Because yeah. you would have well, cut it the- out. Yep. Yeah, you would have cut it out if it wasn't, because we only, you know, the clock's ticking. You only have, you know, two hours maximum. Um, so exactly. this must be, oh, wow, you really showed me the door. I get it. Exactly. And, it, and, the, and I feel in so many. It's too, a, new, a movie is too fast. It's too fast. Argument. And by virtue of it being fast, it's too heavy, like heavy handed where everything. And it's like things. Okay. Here's a, here's an example. Uh, um, Casino, the movie Casino, yeah. Martin Scorsese. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. That, when I saw that movie for the first time when I was 12 or 13 years old, my mind was absolutely blown by this movie and how cool it was and how it just it was like the violence, the the characters, that sort of tough guy, New York mobster character, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all that stuff. And I love that. Now, I, I've watched I've tried watching that movie a couple times since then, and I can't even get through an hour of it because it's so it relies so heavily on music as a crutch to, to like, rather than like building a true emotion or a mood. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, play, um, give me shelter and <laughs> play, give me shelter. And that'll, that'll make us feel what you're trying to feel. That's the mood. Yeah. The, yes. They're feeling kind of like, give me shelter in this. Right. 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 Big time. And it's yeah. like, I feel like so many of the, so many movies and this, this is going to be the most arrogant sounding thing ever, but so many movies, it's like, yep, that's good for a, for a um, precocious 14 year old. Like I was, you know, but now I'm an adult and fuck you. Okay. You want to, you want to give me a mood? Like give me shelter, Marty, make the mood. Yeah. Don't just, don't just hit play. That move was made 30 years ago. Yes. Marty. Yeah, exactly. What are you like doing? You're stealing a mood. Also, you're stealing the mood of Goodfellas. And mm-hmm. you know I mean, like, it's just, had you seen, I'm curious, like I saw, cause you know, after watching Goodfellas and I was like, okay, yeah, it's kind of like a worse Goodfellas. Exactly. A worse and more drawn out Goodfellas. Yeah. Because Goodfellas, I truly, and to this day, think is like a perfect movie. I agree. And that's a movie that has where, you know, this rare accomplishment where it it's it's fairly long. It's not overly long, but really nothing feels forced in it. It feels like real. It unfolds as opposed to yeah. like showing you a series of images and scenes. It's like, well, then this happens because then this happens and then this happens. And this guy has to do this and then he's forced to do that. And then yes. he has to do yeah, yeah. Not um. There's some Trey Brown and Matt Stone thing where they're like, don't have it be like, don't Trey Parker. Not Trey our Parker, buddy. not our buddy Trey. Thank you. But hi, Trey. <laughs> hey, he's great, great, great comedian. Um, he's not involved in the making of South Park. Uh, uh, it, it, it's uh, and it should be should be and then instead of, no, it shouldn't be and then. It should be therefore. It shouldn't ah, be like Bobby walked in. And therefore, he had to say hello to Terrence. And therefore, they had a conflict about, da, da, da. you know, like, therefore, not not just like, and then he went to the store, and then he got beers. And then he came back. Um, it should be like, well, there was no LaCroix at the store, so he had to apologize to Terrence. And uh, this is me bringing up the fact that you didn't give me a LaCroix. Well, and, and, here, and here's the worst part. I'm really going to really gonna indict myself here. So I asked Terrence if I should, if he's drinking now, because I was going to get some beers. <laughs> And he said, no, he's, he's not drinking again, and good for you. Thank you so much. And uh, he said, I'll take a LaCroix if they have one, which 
was a little presumptuous because I was getting beers for myself. And I was going to see if he, if he would like some as well. And he's like, no, no, no. But since you're out, but let me go back to indicting myself. Now. I would enjoy LaCroix. I'll, you, pay you for, I'll pay you for one. Oh, that, the payment was never mentioned. But I wouldn't have asked. I would not have asked. I know. I would have insisted. <laughs> but the, I, I walked in. And I just complete as soon as I as soon as I put my phone down and walked out the door to get the beers, I completely forgot about the LaCroix. And you know what I thought it was like? It's I, I thought of an analogy. What I didn't think this much about it, but it's like that thing where one of my greatest fears is is forgetting someone's name when they know my name or calling them by the wrong name. Of course. And and the the first thing they always teach you to to um you know, to, 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 to remember people's names, whatever you shake someone's hand, you repeat their name back. Yeah, right. Yeah. I do that. And it's become so peremptory that I do that, that I still repeat their name. And immediately, as soon as the word has left my mouth, I immediately forget their name. And that's what happened with LaCroix. I was like, Oh yeah, get you a LaCroix. And LaCroix. then just, well, just like, no, nope, now it. I'm, now I'm back in my it's world. It's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Beer drinking Bobby. <laughs> I want to have beers with my friend. <laughs> you you about you bought the same number of beers as, as if you as if you were not. Believe it or not, I got two white claws. You got two so, white claws instead yeah. of okay instead of I the see. beers because I'm on a low carb diet. Hey, way to go, Michelob yeah. Ultra. Michelob Ultra, very low carb. White I claw, love I love a low carb diet. You know, it's dude. I'm not kidding you. Since I decided to go on it, which my mom was the catalyst. I, Mine I, too. What do you know? Uh, middle-aged women love low-carb diets. Yeah, well, they and, they, and they love criticizing their sons. <laughs> I think it's more, I think more to the point. But I've lost like I've lost like five pounds already, and I like started like a week ago. But so I was telling you before we started recording that I went that I went home for our friend Lael's wedding, and uh, of course I I you know stayed at my mom's for the majority of the time, and I hadn't seen her in geez it's over six months. Not since the quarantine started, okay, but okay. over six months. <clears throat> <clears throat> and I, I swear to God, within an hour of my walking in the door, I'm standing up and I just feel her looking at me. And then, and she goes like this. She goes, you know, there's nothing worse than when a man's belly hangs <laughs> over his belt, the belt of his pants. And you're getting close to that. <laughs> she's, you're getting close to that. And there's nothing worse. And I was like, geez. And she, she, she was like, I love you. And it's like, what? That meant nothing. The, yeah, I, of course. Yeah. Well, you better fucking love me. Obligatory. I'll, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love you and everything. <laughs> but my love isn't conditional. It's just when we're spending time together, I will be criticizing you <laughs> yeah. instead of praising you. And not just criticizing, body shaming, which, sorry, Ma, you can't do that anymore. That is a two-way street, Ma. <laughs> and uh, you know what? It is a two it's technically a two-way street, but yeah. it is not a two-way. <laughs> there would be no coming back for me. You fire back. <laughs> like, got some crow's feet there, Ma. You got to <laughs> Don't squint in the sun. Wear a visor. Crow's feet. Yeah, not good. <laughs> some laugh lines. And they're not from laughing, Ma. 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 That's how you talk. Is that, is that your my voice? Yeah, you had a, you had a bib on and you're, you know, <laughs> you're, you're spooning spaghetti and <laughs> sauce everywhere. Ma, uh, enough. <laughs> Don't tell me about my business. But hey, low carb she diet. She got me. She got me on a low carb diet. Slaps yeah. absolutely kills it. You ever do? Yeah, slap ribs. The these these <laughs> Chicago guys, these young uh, like Tucker Brookshire and them, they like they be like, oh, that rips. That really hits. They do that kind of shit. Jeff and does that too. Jeff Asmus rips, yep. rips, slaps, and it's like I'm sure it started out as something fun and fu- and and like half joking, and now it's just dead eyed saying the slang of a twenty year old. That's 
and here we are. Yep. It's so you do it ironically until one day it's not ironic anymore. No, nope, it's, it's just like the people way you hate talk. watching reality TV, and at a certain point, you're just watching just it. Just watching now. it. Yep. The Real Housewives of yep. whatever. <laughs> um, but low carb diet's gonna be great for you. Thank it's you. Amazing. And then I, I think I'm gonna go to an intermittent fasting once I get down to where I want to be, which is 180. Well, I just want to get the belly weight off because she, I mean, my mom was right. That's okay? what it's the most. Yeah. It's, and, and it's fucking beer. That's what it is. A you beer know, belly. And it's, I want to know the science as to how, why it finds its way to your belly for beer, for whatever reason. It's so, it's so like universal. My dad, my dad has a big beer belly and it's, and it's less big than it used to be, but, but like his arms and legs and you know like yeah. neck like remain pretty normal oh, you God. know yeah it's not just beer it's just whatever the extra mm. stuff in your body that is not getting mm. burned off i assume and i'm not a nutritionist i follow several instagram accounts but that doesn't make me an expert <laughs> okay and you know what i'm not i don't trust them either honestly well you're in great shape though terry exactly but it's not all earned either um, well the metabolism and what <clears throat> i mean hey sure. that's me too. the reason i'm hey i've made it so what, and how old are you again? I'm 31. 31. Okay, so I'm six years older than you, and I would say at your well, no, at your age, I was I was packing on, so I was starting to pack Started on pounds a little bit. But I got such a head start, like you, yeah. like you also have, where it's like this sort of thing, and where where there is so much validity to, you know, and not to you know sound like oh the Saint Bobby or something, but like the body shaming is so fucked up because so many people have an un, <clears throat> unearned ability to just not gain weight oh, that yeah. bad. Oh, my God. It's or, and if you do, like me, I started, I'm like, you know what? Now I'm, I decided that I'm going to do a minimal amount of effort to, <laughs> to taking this pain uh, uh, weight off, which is literally just not eating bread, drinking a lighter beer. And I'm like, a week later, I'm like, I lost five pounds. This is easy. Exactly. You Why know? doesn't everyone do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, and I like I can do like I can do like a five push-ups a week and be like start start getting definition and, and stuff. It's like very. It's like a, my dad's a bean pole. It's like super easy. Yeah, it's all. It's, it's genetic. I'm getting. I'm genetic. getting one of those white claws now. Get a white claw. Enjoy. Um, we're here at Bobby's apartment, and we're we're chatting about this. And I yeah, I know I have been very lucky to be the way I am. Uh, yeah. Privilege, Bobby. <laughs> Let's talk about privilege. body privilege. Oh, you want to talk privilege? Okay. I, I was kidding. I, I I joked that I have. Um, I'm not rich. Uh, uh, as we as we've discussed as I discussed with every comedian I've ever started with, I'm not actually like one of those rich kids, even though I look like that. But I do have <laughs> I do have every single other privilege that anyone could ever have. Um, yeah. Tall, dark haired, male, handsome, straight. I never had braces, straight teeth. Really? Shit like that. Like Jeez. besides glasses, it's like. I've been given every advantage uh, besides actual money. Well, um, remember, remember when we had a, we had a little bit of a conflict about that. Oh yeah, because, years oh, ago sure. now, right? Yes, it was years ago. Years ago now, and it took a while for it to. For I cringe it to at the thought of it. Uh, should I not mention? No, it? no, I like okay. no. This is what this is what podcasts are all. So, this is what yeah. podcasts are made of. Good. Okay. So I so I used to every time I would bring up Terrence whether it was an open mic or a show or whatever, <laughs> I would always mention how handsome he was. And, and he, and he never loved it. <laughs> and, but, it, and then it, it became, it was like a, it was an ascending sort of went from not love to truly hating. It. <laughs> and I think, I think you got, you just, you were like legit mad at me one day. Cause I, I, I can't remember if I went up to you and asked you that, or if you said something to me about it, but you, but you told me you're like, 
you know, you say that every fucking time you bring me up and it's demeaning to me. <laughs> and, and I never want, and I swear to, and, and shame on me because this is, this is true ignorance. I never once saw, thought of it as demeaning, but you're like, we're comedians. Yeah. You don't say funny, which you are funny. And I thank think you, you're incredibly you, funny, thank you very much. but you don't say funny. You say handsome <laughs> yeah. every fucking time. And that's not why I'm here. You know, yeah. and, and it was, I felt so, I felt like a jerk off, which would, but it was good. It was, it was, it was a necessary thing, but I also felt so stupid that it's like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> you know, and I, and I've had that, I've had that conversation, I would like, you know, a couple of times talking to female, like, uh, like I, re- I can't remember right. who it was exactly, but say like, I was talking to a female comedian and I like mentioned that they were very pretty or something. And they're like, I, don't don't say that to me. And that sounds creepier than it is. It was not creepy. Right, it right. was not in a creepy <laughs> context. But they're like, I don't. Funny is the compliment. Exactly. We're comedians, you know. Well, like, yeah, we've been. Yeah, I know you because for years we've been working on being funny at the same places for yes. years. Yes, exactly. You've seen all of that. To be fair, I've got good friends who Connor Colley still did it to me in Chicago a month ago. He goes, <laughs> the very handsome Terrence Hartman. <laughs> And now I have lines for it where I go, who's ready for some handsome comedy? <laughs> you know, like I told him to tell me you guys I was funny, but here we go. And then I, and, then I and then all of a sudden I'm handsome and beleaguered. How, what a great, <laughs> what a great situation to be in. It, it you know, it's, it's so fun. And, and it's like, there are, I mean, I think with people like us, meaning handsome people, JK, meaning comedians <laughs> like that, there's, there's already, we're so attuned to any sort of, and this is not to say you were, you were like um, overly attuned to criticism, but I feel like I am, we're yes. attuned. Well, but we we are, we are, you know, and 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 like we were talking, I think before we started recording, that the, you know this is the only art form which I have to put that in quotes. I mean, the, <laughs> the absolute lowest art form, other than uh, even below architecture, but uh, <laughs> but it's like it's the only art form where you truly get. Instant gratification. Yeah. Like there's 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 nothing even if you're a great musician, we've we've all been to concerts where we've watched great musicians play greatly, but you're still kind of like this. You you're not right. always demonstrative. At and, the end of the song you clap, but it sounds very similar every time. I yes, think. the it, clapping at the end of the songs. Yes. Right. Yes. The feedback is so visceral. That's why we're I was saying, I was like, I want to be a writer too, Bobby. But like the reason we're not writers, tell you what, is no one's leaning over the typewriter and going, That's great. Every yeah. four <laughs> minutes. That's great. Oh, brilliant. I felt that way too. Um, we need that. I need in order to keep going, I write one sentence and be like, What's the fucking point of this? Yeah. I'm sitting who, here alone. Who could I send this to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who could I send this to? And that, that will that I'm sure will give me a good reaction. <laughs> But and and it's like so that and and you become accustomed to that, but but not even keeping that, not even um, not even regarding being becoming accustomed to that. We're attuned, yeah, to wired, yeah. You're you're you yes, you're especially wired to, to. You're much more sensitive to criticism, and you're also much more sensitive to praise. And it's like the saying you're handsome before introducing you while introducing you to a comedy show is an implicit you can look at that as an implicit sort of like uh well i don't got anything good to say about it. Right. here's the good thing i'm saying here's you know, the, it can be read the that one way. thing he hasn't worked on is yeah. handsome <laughs> uh, the only thing that was given to him 
Um, I'm glad I. Uh, it's. It sounds so weird. I'm glad. I'm glad we have it recorded. Uh, the one time I stood up for myself in my entire life. <laughs> I'm glad we've uh, got that established. On Isn't the that record. funny? That, that to you of all people. Although I think now our relationship is different because before you were like the bit. You were a big guy. You're a big Chicago guy. Now we're just guys and. Now yeah, we're just guys. Now, yeah, now we're just guys. Which feels great. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no It feels better. And and I think at that time cuz I think what I have and had over you is all pure age. I'm just older than you. Yeah. And, and comedy age too. You were and comedy more age experienced too. than yes. comedy at the time. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And and I think it's funny that you say the, the one time I stood up for myself because, you know, so many of our comedian friends myself included even though I think people I think people are often surprised by because like there is a certain vibe I give off or a certain aura that I have where people think that I, um, uh, like I'm not a timid person, of course, but like I also have a hard time sticking up for myself. And it's and it's funny. Even though you're very loud. That's yeah, the point. Yeah, right. I'm loud and I have loud opinions. But. Yep, uh, I'm loud, but you know what? I'm loud with my pals and <laughs> with my friends. When I'm alone and being criticized by a shop clerk, not so loud. <laughs> but they, like, but it, it's funny how those 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 characteristics where you're attuned you're specially attuned to criticism but i also feel like we're also less likely to stand up for ourselves in a yeah. lot of ways that, that like yeah, we don't we're, we're not like um I, I i can't think of the word like i keep wanting to say aggressive but aggressive is not the right word but like where it's like no fuck you you don't get to you talk to me that way or whatever. A lot of times no, we no. take a lot of shit. Oh, of course. You know? Well, yeah, I think it's, that's part of the thing. And, 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 and almost like, I feel like comedy is like, let me present myself in a way that I will be likable to all of you at once and not, and like, I, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. Like if I, the thing is like, I'm not going to, you can't argue with a bomb with silence. You can't argue yeah. with that. So it's like next time I'll just present myself in a different way so that I will get the response that I want instead of, demanding a response which is crazy like, well yeah okay well that's your journey terrence because i do argue if with a bomb yes <laughs> like, you do <laughs> and i love it so there so i and and uh, listen i feel like i'm talking too much but guess what i'm the guest on the podcast that's how okay? it goes thank you bobby that. take so. note podcast guests <laughs> i'm talking to my therapist okay oh vey. here we yeah. go <laughs> and and he illustrated something to me that it was something also that it's, it's one of these things that would almost seem obvious if you had lived my whole life as me and blah, 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 whatever. But he's like, um, part of my persona on stage is is being, <clears throat> okay, how do, how do you put it? Like being vulnerable in a very controlled way where, so, but, but I do, my persona on stage is sort of like a, um, tough guy yeah like it like a like a like a dumbass in a lot of ways and it's not like it's it's merely an amped up version of myself yeah 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 but it is an amped up version of yeah. myself where when something pisses me off i well by god i yell and scream about it yeah. you know <laughs> and 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 have this sort of like eh, fuck you right. you know sort of thing where where there's times in you know <clears throat> not i mean throughout my life I would like to be that way, but in but in personal interaction, I fear the consequences of doing that too much. Okay. Whereas in on stage and in, in you know in in comedy, well, just on stage, it's a very um, so regulated is not the right word, but it's like this sounds so lame to say, but it is a safe space to do those things. 
It's so, supposed to happen there. That's a, yes. Yeah, yeah. People expect yeah. a guy yelling. There's been yelling comedians before. Yes. Comedians are angrier about things than they ought to be. Yes. Right. Yes. Why is this guy sort of about cheese whiz? Why, yes. Like, that's okay. But if you're in the store yelling, it'd be weirder. Yeah. Mm-mm. So what did the therapist say? Basically that I found it like that things in my, like not, not, I, I, not like trauma or anything like that, but I have found like, whereas throughout my life, I had a hard time if, if I was wronged by someone or, um, you know, slighted or whatever, or, or like even if a close friend slighted me, like slighted me in some way, but I, but I was afraid to address it because it's just like, eh, well, I don't want to start a fight with them and then they'll be mad at me and then yeah. maybe they'll not be my friend anymore. You yeah. know, like this whole, that whole thought process was dominated my mind. He's like, you found a place where, where you get, it's an, I mean, quite literally it's an, it's an outlet for all that stuff. Right. You know, all that, all that pent up, not anger per se, but like, it's, it's a place where you get to where nobody's going to, not only is nobody going to be mad at you or not be your friend anymore. If you yell and scream, they like that, yeah. you know, like they like that about it's welcomed. You. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's applauded literally. Yes. Um, okay. So your therapist is on board with that or like, they uh, are- Oh yes. I'm bored with it. Yes. He, he thinks that he finds it a productive outlet, which, which I agree. That's good. Yeah, if you were at odds about that, that'd be weird. But what's the <laughs> advice like, though? Is that they're like, well, oh, you know. Terrence, it's a therapist. They never give any fucking God advice. Damn it! You right? Know? They listen. They, they, you know, they. It's all it. Like, and that was merely him pointing out something because he listened to the to my album, and he's like, you know, I was I was listening to, this, and he had that insight to it. So that's it wasn't so, so nice much to listen advice. to the album. What's that? That's nice of him to it, listen. Yeah, and it and it was a it was an unspoken thing. For a long time, because I had mentioned that I had an album out, we talked about greatest hits, know, comedy. Great album, thank you. It very really much. is a great comedy album, well, especially thanks, especially Terrence. for like um, people we know. I feel like that first album is not always yeah fun to listen to necessarily. If you've heard yeah. all the jokes before, um, but I like I like the album, Greatest Hits. Well, Keep going, thank you, Terrence. Sure, and iTunes and whatever the other one, Spotify, Spotify. Less than, that's less, the one. less than a thousand listens. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thus far, let's get it up. Yeah, but I was like, that's kind of rude. Spotify. I know they, it they, says they have the less than a carrot thousand. Just, <laughs> Damn. But they, so he he was. But one day, we we started a session. He's like, okay, well, this has you've never asked me, and I haven't volunteered it, and I was wondering if that was like loaded or something. But I listened to your album, and I was like, oh, and it was a loaded thing because I, you know. I was sort of afraid to ask him to listen to it. Of course. You know, like it just seems so, I mean, it's, it's lame to ask a friend to listen to your album. I felt lame even putting it out because there you're implicitly asking people like who would listen to a comedy album, you know, but like, I listen to him every day. Well, yeah, but God hey. bless you. They, I, you know, okay. Well, all right. I love Let's talk about another thing. In, 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 oops, sorry. I'm just getting, getting comfy for some real dish in. <laughs> I listened. I when I started doing comedy, I almost completely stopped listening to it yep. or watching it. Very common experience. Yeah, and and that is not your experience. I I had those phases where I like 
that's the most common thing the comedians say is like, you know, I see it live all the time. Yeah. And it's like you're seeing your asshole friends live all the time. True. I don't know. I feel like, it, you know, in the end, you're trying to add something to the canon. You're trying yes. to like be a part of it. So it's like if someone else is doing your thing or if someone is like, well, that's already kind of been covered by Rory Scovel or that's already yeah. like that, that kind of, that's already been, you know, you want to, I don't know, you're trying to be one of these albums. So, and it helps you write. I don't know. I don't think it's, See, it's, I think it's kind of crazy to argue to not listen to him. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. And, and what, and I, I agree with that in abstraction. Of course I don't, yeah. I don't do it. But in another thing is, which is also, silly like i'm afraid to I, like i also kind of get the fear of listening to a comedy album or list, watching a whole bunch of new comedy because i'm afraid something i'm sure this is common too it's going to get into my mind of course and then come out later again yeah and 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 i'll have ripped off a joke right because you're yeah you're ranty you're you're doing yeah. you're doing more you know the things that you're saying are not written down you know word right. for word right or line right. by line yeah you're up right. there going Yes. Um, and that's what they say Robin Williams, yeah. that, you know, that was the big thing. And not that I'm – not that my style is anywhere similar to Robin Williams, but it is – But he's a, going, yeah. But, right, exactly. And and there and there's some um, – there's some, I guess, what do you call it? Like some controversy over whether he was doing that on purpose yeah. or whether he's just – it's it's true stream of consciousness and, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that's where <clears> – <throat> I feel like it sounds a little silly on on my part because on the one hand, I'm afraid of something seeping into my brain and coming out. And it's like, it, it probably won't. And if it did, I would trust one of my friends to be like, eh, no, that's yeah. it. And the other part is in every other art form, every other art form, you, you take in your peers and your, be and more importantly, your betters, your betters yep. work to, to impel you to strive higher and, and to make yeah, you in some ways like a little insecure and be like, fuck, look what they're doing. And, right. You know? And or like they zigged, let me zag. Or it's like everyone's yes. got a, a, a thing about how they hate the train. Here's my bit about how I love the train. Yes. Well, it's yeah, a fun, different thing that no one's doing is that I love the subway, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's good. But I understand the fear. Did oh. you watch the Bo Burnham thing? Yeah. Yeah? What do you Inside think? Inside Bo Burnham. It's great. I think uh, my crit my thing was like, I I've always loved Bo Burnham. I love his songs. It's great. I like, I think I love his thoughts and commentary. I think uh, I'm a little tired of uh, the meta shit, which is yeah. totally part of what he does. I mean, like, yeah. um, but he's always doing a song of like, should a guy named Bo Burnham even be doing a song about yeah. these things? And it's it like, dude, we know you're insecure about doing it. Yeah. Um, we don't need to hear, I, I don't, I you know, I'm insecure about talking about things I talk about. Do I have to do I have to set it all up and, and explain that you know like I know that you don't want to hear another uh. take from a white guy about this and then have us go through the whole maze of it? Um, I like where he gets to after he excuses all of his privileges. Ah, interesting. I like I like that half of it. The other half of it is straight up meta commentary, which I've heard enough of. I understand yeah. exactly how Bo Burnham feels about being an artist. <laughs> Um, that's what well, that that's yeah that that I I get that. Where are you at? So okay, <clears throat> I a lot of friends were were raving about it, and I started it, and I watched it. I watched almost all of it, and all right, it's brilliant. I did not even smile once. <laughs> like it's 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 yeah. it's it is funny. 
It's intellectually funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it doesn't make me laugh. Yeah. And I and but and and okay. So there's there's two things I wanna I wanna say about that. One is, Seinfeld's my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah. I've watched full episodes of Seinfeld even the first time and never once audibly laughed because a, a lot of times, watching something on your own, especially comedies, is tough. Yep. And 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 it's just not it's. By God, it's just not as funny that way, yeah. you know? So so my saying that I didn't laugh at it doesn't mean it sucks or it's not funny. It's like, it's just me watching. And this also plays into the reason I don't watch stand-up a, yeah. a whole lot. The other thing is, with musical stuff, I find that it's like, it's the worst of both worlds. It's not, and he's a very talented musician. Yeah. And it's catchy shit. But I'd never listened to it on my free time. Yep. And on and on the other hand of that, it's not to me as funny as straight stand-up stand comedy, comedy. You know. So it's like, but I also and I have to also account for, and I mean, I and I don't say this as an excuse or an out. I think this is very legitimate. That it's like, I'm also kind of old. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and like some and like some of that stuff that that more meta stuff it's like i have and i think you, you, your point there is is super insightful where it's like where it's like bro i know but i also yeah, yeah, i yeah. also know that you're doing that for other people that's not for us yeah, true. you know we're on the inside yeah, you know yeah. but but it, but nevertheless you're just like yeah mhm mm you know <laughs> so you're like yeah i know and but but it's like that's not that's mm -hmm. him being that's him being a, a, a well-rounded artist that's speaking to all the audience. Yeah. You know, not just the inside. It's not for us. No, not necessarily. You no. know? It's not. That's a good point. Yeah, all those songs were not – those songs were not for me. Other ones mm -hmm. were for me mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But but I do – but lest I, – I do want it to be – I mean, it's brilliant. It's like brilliant. The, it's the good. The shit, the ideas he was exploring and the way he was exploring them and all that stuff – is is truly like some of it groundbreaking, some of it just mad funny, whatever. But it was just like it didn't. Ugh. You know what made me laugh? Drew Michael special. That was one that made me laugh. Let's talk about it, yeah. dude. Wow, while we're critiquing specials, which I have never done on this podcast before. Oh, okay. Um, I like Drew Michael special too. Everyone hates it. The one. Yes. It's called. Uh, what the hell is it called? I don't know. I think it's called. I think it's just, just called Drew, Drew Michael? Michael. I think that would be so Drew Michael. Yeah, <laughs> just it's called and I think Drew it is. Michael. So, He's a great Chicago comedian yes. who chose to do an HBO hour with no audience. With no audience. And this is pre-COVID, so it wasn't even a COVID reaction. Which is, I bet, yeah, like future comedy scholars will be like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> no audience. Yeah. Weird timing. 2019, right? Was it, it like 2019? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, very great. Great jokes. Yeah. I think, do you think it would have been better with an audience? No. Okay. I mean, I mean. Maybe I love seeing an. I think it would be obviously, which is a leading question. I love seeing Drew turn not. He's he's doing kind of like edgy, for lack of a better word, edgy stuff. Here's an idea you wouldn't like. He has a joke in the first album about like why bestiality is great, and he's like, we're yeah. killing these animals. I'm sure, like you know, before we fillet a chicken, and he'd be like, would you? Can you just, can't fuck, just fuck me? me. Yeah. <laughs> so can you just fuck me? Like that joke where it's like so like at first they're like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> And then they're like, "Ah, oh, we have to agree. It's a good okay. point." I love seeing an audience turn and be like, "Ah, yeah." Well, and there, there's all the there's all the lore about Drew Michael purposefully turning an purposefully upsetting an audience yeah. just to turn them at the end, 
Which, or not. Well, and, yeah, and oftentimes not. <laughs> oftentimes, the whole time they go, this this sucks. I hate this guy. <laughs> yes, and 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 that's and I and that's one of the things that I love about him, and that's one of the things that people that especially our peers hate about him. You know, there are a right. lot of Chicago comedians, and a lot of I shouldn't even say Chicago, a lot of comedians. Yeah. That um, that that truly detest that man. Like and, on a personal and professional level. Yes. Because like well, personally personal he was bleeds, rude. Yeah. Yes. I feel like, and nobody can convince me otherwise, that the personal bleeds into the professional. No, with, of with, with so many with people. With comedy especially. Yes. Yeah. A very social art form. And I think you, I think, Quote yes. unquote. And I think you would be in the same camp as me where Drew, Drew moved before I even started. Or, or he moved right when I started. Yeah. So I never knew the guy. Same. Sure, he seems like a dick, but I also <laughs> don't fucking care. You know? I don't like, care exactly. Yeah. That's. A, I think it's such an important thing. Like, I think it's so childish that everyone's like, are they nice? It's like, yeah. what do you give a shit? You're not going to be their neighbor. Exactly. You're going to watch the movie listen to the album and you're never going to be their neighbor. Exactly. They could be an asshole. Like, so many people who you love were assholes and you just, Ernest Hemingway, I'm sure, was not yeah. a great fucking neighbor okay <laughs> i'm sure it would be a hassle to live next to ernest the drunk philanderer ken burns made a fucking five part documentary about I how he's an asshole gotta watch it yeah oh you haven't asshole. watched it yet no, I'm oh, psyched. It's, it's you gotta watch it it's, i was just at the hemingway house in key west too so i'm like Your kid i love with it. the six paw cats yeah, or the baby. six finger cats so many that is so six cool finger cats. all right we're coming back to hemingway one thing i want to say about drew the, michael the, the, our hemingway the, the special <laughs> Oh God! Don't let him hear that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking go off the deep end because I mean nobody thinks as highly of himself as Drew. It seems he's like a Kanye West though, where he's almost as good as he thinks he is. He's so good. That's very well put. I I, I that's very well put because he is so good. And the, and I'll tell you this, Terrence. The first time I watched the special, and I was a major fan of Drew Michael. Me too. Um. And like the times where he would come back and do CYSK, he would just murder. And, you know, I just absolutely, I love his Yeah, stuff. with brilliant, yeah, brilliant yes. points, perfectly executed. Yes, yes. And and the first time I watched the special, I hated it, as so many do, because wow. it had no audience. Yeah. And, and it's like, and you have the, you have Drew Michael making a, making a joke with no audience. He almost had speech, that, I think. But his like little, <laughs> you know, thing. A little face, a little mug. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was it was very it turned me off big time, and then I can't remember if I watched it again or I went to um, visit my my best friend Candace in Oakland. She lived in Oakland at the time, and I can't and I I can't remember if I had watched it again before then or I was like, dude, you gotta see this thing because this guy's so good and this is so weird. Yeah, right. And and her and I talk about comedy all the time. She used to listen to all my sets and give me notes and stuff like that. That's so amazing. we were in that we're in yeah, oh god, it's so valuable. But we watched it and we must have watched that special like three or four times in the four days I was visiting her. Wow. And and it really like it just saw, and again, it might be a part of that thing is where you're watching with another person and she's, I mean, those jokes I've seen before, you had seen yep. before, she had not seen before. And so I'm watching someone watch it and and watch it hit, and we're laughing together. And it's like, 
yes, now we are the audience. This Whoa. is the thing. You know? <laughs> like, We're the audience. Yeah. yeah. There's no and audience but us. Because I think the, the special is truly great. Yeah, the material. I, I think the material is great. I think the execution, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's, a, it's a piece. It's a cool, it's, it was a big swing is what I, yes. I call it. Big swing. Didn't connect. Uh, and, that, and I think that's a Respect fair assessment. Respect the swing. But, but now, Terrence, look, Drew has one of those. Maria has one of those, which I think she did before. Maria, Maria Bamford. Bamford. Yeah, I, I'm not. They're I don't know Maria friends. Bamford, but but she has she has one with no audience, which I think was before. Or Drew's. like very little audience. Yes. Well, her parents. Right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't her parents. That the thing? Yeah. Um, Bo Burnham now has now yeah. Bo is Bo, Bo Burnham's is COVID related yeah. or co- you could say that, but it's like now there is a part of me that sort of is already lamenting like oh geez. It's, is every fucking is every stand up special gonna be some thing now like some yes. gimmick you know yeah I think so and that and like Goldman you know. had this special where it's Great Depression where he, it's a special he's faked it in front of an audience but then he intersperses it with documentary footage talking to his mom yes. talking about his breakdown whatever whatever yes. whatever so yeah. it's not just Chris Gethard did one like that Whitmer Thomas did one like that. Actually, yeah. Chris Gethards is not, Chris Gethards is just a one man show. Sorry, Whitmer Thomas did a very similar thing in Great Depression, where he's doing the material, blah blah blah, and he's also doing documentary footage that influenced the material. Okay, yeah. Is every special going to be a fucking thing now? Yeah, yeah. And and and, I and and but you know this is this is the same conversation we were talking about as it pertains to um, TV being the new reading. You know, it's like every <laughs> there's there's too many there's too many options. There's too many, and and I don't even say it and like because this is always said as a negative thing about modernity, but the motorcycles, motorcycles. But you know there are like Instagram memes, Twitter. There's there's so many ways to do funny sort of like legit funny things in little tiny snappy ways. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad thing, and so I think. You know, a lot of people probably, I guess, I suppose they look at it like, you know, if you're not sitting in an audience at a show, what's to make someone watch a, just a regular special? Yeah. They got to boost it a little, maybe. I, yeah. You know, I don't know. Okay, yeah, right. Um, interesting point. All right, what's next? What's, Sounds like we got a book in there. What's next? We got it. Let's edit, <laughs> edit point there. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I always assume you're like going to go off. Um Tell me about the uh, tell me about the female best friend. Oh, I always heard about. I never really. I never. I think I met her once. I don't know. Candace. Candace. Tell me about that relationship. I didn't know she's listening to your every set and giving you notes. Well, Amazing. not so much every. It used to be every set, but you know, and now she's got a life. Um, <laughs> so, so she. We were, we were good friends. So we've known each other since we were in seventh grade. Um, we were. We were. Good. We were south side ha- of Chicago. No, no, no. Wait. We're from the Burbs. My dad's from the south, south side of Chicago. Burbs. No. So, yeah. West Western. Western Burbs. Western Burbs. White Sox fan. That's White what Sox I was fan. And yeah. my dad is from the south side of Chicago. My mom's from the north side. There you go. But the um, so we we grew up together. We were we were very good friends. Um, she dated one of my best friends growing up. Um, for, geez, I guess it was seven years. So we, you know, we had a great tight group of friends. And then I want to say in, geez, at some point when we were in college, her friend, her and my good friend Brian broke up. And I decided, along with some of our other friends, that we were going to 
take Brian's side. Not that she did anything wrong, but that I was not going to remain friends with her. Makes that, sense. And 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 because this had happened to me, where we'll do this, where a, a girlfriend of mine, we broke up, and then my friends still like communicated with her and and, and talked to her, and it was painful for me, and also selfish, you know, selfish of me to be her, but blah 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 blah. Sure. But so I made that decision, that 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 it was like, all right, well, Candace is out, you know. Which, which, looking back on it, I mean, like, my friend Brian and I are still friends, but Candace and I are much closer, but whatever. So, um, that was at some point in college, and then a few, I guess at this point, like five or six years ago, I saw, she, she, was, she was in town, because she had moved to California, and she was in town for the Pitchfork Festival. In Chicago. And, in Chicago, and I saw some pictures of her on, like, I don't know if it was Instagram or whatever, and I was like, at this point, Brian, you know, has a is, is, has a new person who who he's now engaged to and has a child with, and blah blah blah. Everyone's moved on, yeah. And it's like the, the the there's literally no reason not to talk anymore. And so I just, you know, I just say, hey, how you been, you know? And 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 I told her like I'm doing comedy. What are you up to? Blah blah blah. And I start sending her sets, and she's like, wow, this is really good stuff. And and so that's how she sort of became like Cigliere in terms of like comedy. And she gave me a whole lot of shit about, she's like, yeah, you know, you just cut me out for seven years and I didn't do anything. And that there was no, I had no response to that. Respect that. You know? And, um, and then, you know, she, we, so we became, uh, we, we started, we texted a lot and, you know, um, well, we were just texting all the time and, uh, she came to visit and, you know, she's very pretty. I'm a boy. She's a girl. I got drunk, tried to smooch her. She said, absolutely fucking not. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and we, in, in the least uncertain terms that you could possibly imagine, which was embarrassing, but it was also something that I needed, you know, like, like it, it, it so how long did it build up before the, cause like, I'm thinking like, Oh, were your motivations romantic that whole oh, time? No, my, no, my motivations I think were, yes. I think the entire time, in a sense, my motivations were romantic because she's she's super cool, she's super smart, she's super funny, and she's very pretty. Yeah. So I was that's like, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that's the whole thing. A great right? friend plus pretty is really all we're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so it wasn't like you know like it, it, it wasn't anything nefarious or anything, but it, it also I, you know whatever I had a crush on her. Yeah. And then but that that you know that has to go both ways as it turns out, and. Um, <laughs> But it was it was good that we had it was good that there was that sort of like um, you know collision yeah because it it uh, it allowed me to shift the paradigm like in an, in a completely certain way where it's like no that's never gonna happen we are best friends that's what it yeah. is and so it's like now I mean I recognize objectively that she's she, you know she's very attractive but I don't have that attraction feeling anymore yeah you know I and respect that it yeah it's, and it's it's done wonders for our relationship because right. there's not there's not this like like under the you know sort of like undercurrent of like I really like you yeah. you know like and which I imagine like and I've had thoughts about this as it pertains to her and other people where it's like my god you know, the plight of the woman, you know, the plight of, you know, the attractive woman too, in this scenario where it's like every fucking guy you meet, every one of them, almost without exception. Yeah. Right. At least part of them is like, 
Maybe. You're right. Right. Maybe. maybe it could happen sometime. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it could happen nice right to talk now. To somebody. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, and, and it's like <laughs> that, that sort of like the, the nuance of fending that off, like, like subtly fending it off on a day to day basis and dreading the, the, the day where it actually does come up where you have to be like, no, right. like, and having to tell that to someone that you care about and, and that you may care about a lot. And then not only do you have to, in which to Candace's credit, she didn't worry about this part, but I think a lot of women do where it's like, you have to tell them no. And then you got to protect their ego afterwards. Oh, of course. You know, you have to make them feel like you, but no, you're, so you're not great. a creep. You, you, like you weren't yeah. creepy. Oh no, no. It's the, I don't feel weird or anything. It's like, and, and, and the whole time, the burden is on them. Yeah, right. The entire right, time. Right. It's like brutal, man. Right. That's tough. It's hard being attractive. It's mm-hmm. difficult, as we just opened the podcast with. Yeah. Um, no, but like, right. They, every, they have to question every single relationship. And I think it speaks highly of, of you and of her for like being able to, to communicate that and then to communicate, continue to communicate. Now we're friends and we are not doing the romantic thing anymore. We both understand that and we're both going to act that way yeah it seems like you did which is oh yeah I respect for sure that. we're a, the, like a success story of that yeah <laughs> and, and that and that is also like a you know not to say like you know like i don't know it's also one of those things where it's like you just get i well i can't remember exactly what i was gonna say that it's like one of those things where it's also like as a man you know you just can't try to smooch every single person in your fucking life i know, you know? i know you can't do it like it's it's just it's it's stupid and you, and you run the risk of like ruining real things by exactly by, by living your life. That right. Way. You're only, yeah, yeah. You, you only need one partner mm-hmm. uh, at a time or whatever. Um, but you need to have a lot of friends. You need to have like people in your life you can communicate with. So don't fuck it up. Yeah. Looking for that one thing by. Yeah. Yeah. What you, what's going on with you and the ladies, huh? Terrence? I don't know, man. I, uh, I mean, you're moving around a lot. So. That's the thing is, I'm yeah. yeah what's what sucks? I am getting more geared towards looking for a real partner. I think I'm ready for it. I think I've been ready yeah. for it for a long time. Yeah. And then you distract yourself with these little things that are like, you, you know, you know, they're not going anywhere, but you mm-hmm. do it anyway because it feels good. Yeah. Quitting drinking has really helped that because oh, when it like it decreases those impulsive because. Hooking up is very impulsive. Yes. So it de- it makes you really think about leaning in for that smooch. Yes. You don't uh, impulsively lean in. You think about what's going to happen after the smooch and tomorrow and a week from now and a year from now. Yes. All those things are in your brain clearly. And so that's been helping. Uh, not helping me have sex more, but helping <laughs> well, not. my life be better <laughs> yeah. in those ways. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm growing. And uh, yeah, I've always thought, for a while, I've thought like comedy does not lend itself well to having a relationship. But now I'm like, I could probably do both. That, uh, yeah, I feel like... People I, do it all the time. All the time. And I think I think the probably a big part of the sense of it doesn't lend itself to having a relationship isn't so much the lifestyle makes it so that you can't have a relationship. The lifestyle makes it where you have too many options a lot of times yeah. where you're, you're out at bars at night a lot. Yeah. You have a community of males and females. That's like another high school. Yeah. So there, so there is the, and I, you know, not options that sound like kind of gross, but just meaning like there's, 
you, whereas people, even if, if, if we were single people with regular nine to five jobs, you wouldn't be um, out at the bar or, or even out all the time. No, like we I are. know. Right. So and you know, yeah, like I know 500 people in New York, kind yes, of. Yeah. You know, like kind of them around, you know, it's like you're mm-hmm. always at, yeah, you're always at a small high school. Whereas like very few people in their 30s have anything like that. Anything it, like yes, that. Yes. Which I is why then you get a wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also the ske- the schedule is tough. Or it's like yeah. the girls I dated during comedy that worked would be girls who were like servers or whatever. They like we could hang out on a Sunday night and sleep in on Monday and Tuesday. I could do mics or whatever. Right. I dated a med student for a little while. That was perfect. She was in classes or she was studying for her tests or whatever. She was like she would work she would do it like noon to ten PM, which was her work schedule. Pick me up at ten o'clock, I did a mic, you did your studying, you know, we go have drinks. Sleep in the next day, have breakfast. That's our relationship. What happened with the med students? Med student. I don't know. It. Uh, I don't know what happened. Just fizzled? Uh, didn't fizzle. We seriously dated. Um, How long ago was this? Four, five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. I didn't want to do the things that she was doing all the time. Actually, no. Her schedule did. Her schedule changed, too. Really? Her schedule changed to a 9-to-5 schedule, which was a big burden. And then the weekends became like, I'm doing all my socialization on the weekend. And at that point, I would think I was doing shows on – I had, like, scheduled shows, like, oh, on yeah, Friday and Saturday, where, like, I'm always going to be there setting up chairs and shit. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go out with you after, but then I do work brunch on Saturday morning. That's tough. Um, and yeah. stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, but that also – that affected it, but also it changed, like, like, well, do I value this enough to be burning the candle at both ends? And I kind of – we didn't. We agreed that we didn't. And yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't know. What about you? Oh, jeez. Well, what, in terms of, like, relationships? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. You're such a single guy. Uh, yeah, and, and well, because... And you get too used to it. You get too used to it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's dead on. You get the you power get, of walking away. Yep. You get you get set in your ways, and it's like... And, you know, when you live for long enough where it's like, I don't want to do that, so I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know? And, and then that, <laughs> that becomes difficult to, to like... Um, well, and also there's, there's, you know, my, my history is, is less than ideal. I mean, like the last person that I sort of dated was, you know, they, they're always Russian for some reason. And they, and they, these, the Russian people, they're, they don't, they don't, they're not, they have no soul, you know, they're just like not nice. Like, and some are, I mean, like I, I, you know, my, uh, um, Maria, who I think you've met before, I did, we dated a, a while ago, but that was like, a lot, okay. How should I put it? The people, a lot of times, this is what another therapist of mine told me. I pick, I date people that I know it won't work out with. Oh, I 100, yes. yes. So, so you, so you know, you know that feeling. Maria was wonderful. She had two kids and lives in Russia. Yeah. But she was in Chicago for long periods of time, but it's like, that's not sustainable. And her kids would not have wanted to move here. And plus, you know, they don't speak English. And, um, <laughs> Like the, I dated um, my last girlfriend was um, uh, someone that you know who I'm not gonna say her name, but we had a we had a ongoing, off and on relationship for about five years. Okay, but but mostly off, and by mostly off I mean like four years and eight months off, <laughs> and then <laughs> five years uh, or, or you know, and then four months of us officially dating, and then four years and eight months of us. Texting and kind of you know like beating around the bush and blah blah blah. Yeah. But but there's a there's a number of reasons you know it 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 wouldn't have worked for her and I. And we tried doing the long distance thing, 
Um, but you briefly. are good at that. You like texting a lady. I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love to text a lady, that's, that's, baby. That's Tell. what I'm saying. And, 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 that's, and that's nice. Having, like, that, having that in your pocket at your disposal, someone to be like, you're great and handsome, and I'm attracted to you. Like, yes. that's, it makes it super modular and easy. Yes, yeah. exactly. The, like, the way I put it with her is, like, I was in a happy, healthy relationship, happy, healthy, long-distance relationship with my ex-girlfriend. You know, it's, like, what I did for a long time. But And, and there was a, a person that I dated here that I actually really liked, also Russian, who, like... And Maybe she, you're a Russian woman's type. Well, this is why I think. I think I remind them of Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> I think they. I think they see the bald... They like the the facial hair and the loudness. Yes. And I think I bring out. I think there's a subconscious attraction to Lenin, <laughs> and I think I activate that for a lot of Russia. Because let me tell you, the three I've I've sort of dated. Like when I say dated, I mean like gone out on dates with for you know gone out with let's say more than five dates. Yeah. Um. The the um, the three Russian women that I dated were all way attractive, more attractive than me. Nice. And and I have confidence. I think I look fine, you yeah. know. And I know I have the personality and blah blah blah. But my whole personality didn't work on all of these Russian women because you know I, I, there's a language barrier. You know. Oh, they're like Russian. They speak so, Russian primarily. Yes. yes. The most re- <laughs> the most recent. When I was dating, she like truly Russian, but she she just kind of fucking ghosted me. The the person I was dating before that, she is is from uh, Uzbekistan and speaks Russian, but she speaks English very well. And is actually a, she got her graduate degree at Columbia. I mean, she's a brilliant woman, and I had a major crush. I mean, I really liked her, but she it just kind of it was one of those things where it was like we she went on vacation or something. She was gone for a long time. And then when she came back, it was just like the thing had evaporated for her. Yeah, you yeah, know? makes sense. And maybe a little for me too, but it was like I was trying to like rekindle it, and and not like she wasn't like you know it wasn't blunt or anything, but it was just like, oop, yep, she's not into it anymore. You could feel you it know? right away. So, but but point being, so I mean, like with her, that that particular person, I thought that thing could have worked out, you know, but 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 it didn't. It's, it's fine, but. By and large, I pick people where there's an obstacle because I'm not and, – and it's like I'm not – I have a fear that if I you know, re- truly dive headfirst into a true relationship that part of me will die and it will be gone, you know, that I won't like yeah. – I'll lose myself. Yeah. And that's what happened when I was, when I was engaged. I had lost myself. Yes, and, dude. And, and that was wow. such a – that was a traumatic experience. And breaking out of it was a traumatic experience. But ever since then, I've just been a little, I think the word is too, you know, too much, but guarded, you know, too much on guard. You know, I feel the exact same yeah. way for the exact same reasons. A very long sort of a pre-engagement relationship where it's like, well, we're, this is a, this is like a wedding. We're going to get married. Yeah. Um, seven years. And then it's like, then you go back and then you're like, well, yeah, I lost all my friends just through like atrophy of like, well, she doesn't want to hang out with us. So I'm yeah. like, I want to hang out with her. And so it's like that. Um, just lost all my friends. And then you get, yeah, you get, you lost yourself in it. And then I was like. 24 and I was like, but what about me? And then, and then the 
comedy era began. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and then that helps. Yeah. yeah. And but, then I'm like, I'm doing my own thing. And then I'm like afraid of anybody taking any of that away. Exactly. Yeah. And so you date these ha- you have these little half girlfriends, these little things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And don't you feel, and a lot of times, and I mean like th- there is an, you know, you could certainly, I'm sure our, our mothers would describe that as an unhealthy way to live in the, you know, unhealthy way to date or whatever. Sure. But don't you feel sometimes when you look at your other friends that are married and no, no criticism to them or whatever, but it's like, the only reason I'm not married is because I really thought about it. You know, like, <laughs> like I, like the reason I'm not married is because I take the idea seriously. Like, and it's absolutely, like, I, I feel like so many people it's and, and and again, I, it's hard to say this without sounding very critical of them, but, but I really don't mean it that way. I feel like a lot of people, they just take the leap of faith and that's not, that's Assuming a, that, that somewhere along the way they will grow the wings or whatever they say. Like, I'll, I'm sure we'll feel like it was a good idea yes, once we do it. Because right. it's what you do. And yes. it's like, well, yeah, the tradition, the traditions, it's tradition for a reason. Everyone's been doing it, so why not do it? Yeah, of yeah, course. Totally. It's like, um, you know, I have that, like, that the joke about being engaged, and one of the parts of it, it is true. It's like, my grandma and grandpa were next door neighbors. Yeah, you know, there's no wow. like right. it wasn't it wasn't a beautiful love story. It wasn't the notebook. They were next door yeah. neighbor. It's time to start a family. Yes. This is the what you that, do. That was the you were in that lane. Yeah. That's the lane. You know, and it's like we in a in in a lot of ways are are fortunate that we're not stuck in a lane, but the the negative aspect of that, it, there's a negative aspect of having like too many options and and being almost too free. Yeah. It's like the thing you hear, you always hear the studies about how arranged marriages are happier and healthier. Then, right, love marriages. Right, right. because you, you're, there's no second guessing, is this the right one? Yeah, right. Is it, am I going to be happy in this? It's like, no, it's not, what do you mean happy? Who asked you? Yeah, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, dude? Who are, yeah, no. This is, Who asked you? There, yeah, like that's that. so funny, yeah. <laughs> about being, about you being happy? Yeah. Fuck, fuck off, what the hell is that with you? Because it's community focused rather than individual focused. Yeah. Yeah. It's about like, well, we need to make some kids, and we need you, you, our finances to be linked. And I feel like I feel like the idea of happiness, as we sort of perceive it, was like invented in the '60s. I feel like that's new. Like the idea of like being fulfilled and and you know having a happy life in an just, individual way. Yes. Absolutely. It's that's very totally, American and very modern. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And 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 we're still. The 60s isn't that long ago, and so we're still in this weird, like, growing stage with it where there's there's an aspect of us that wants that because our grandparents and our parents had it to some degree. I mean, you know, my parents divorced fairly early, and, th- and that's a more common story for people our, our generation. Yeah. But so we still have we, – we got one foot in the past where you sort of want that and one foot in the future where it's like, this isn't – that's not – that's probably not, like – Right. Oh it's yeah. We see people who are in there. We see people like yeah. After being divorced once, there's a whole new dating pool. Like yeah. forty five people are dating at that age. I mean, people are dating their whole lives. So like, there's always people to date, no matter what age you are. So it's not like it's like they're all going to be taken up. It's like people are always free to, you know. And it's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is. Yes, dude. It's so exciting to go on a new date and meet yeah, a new right. person. And That's a drug. It's a yeah, very big exciting. Time. Yeah. Big time. Do you want to have kids though? Yeah. If you have, if you want to have them even a little bit, then you're going to have to get married. Probably. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and it's like, I, 
I, we, we also talk about privilege. We as men have the privilege of being able to have kids kind of whenever we want. Oh yeah, baby. You know, and, and I'm like, certainly not ready for it now because I don't think. Right. You're only 37 years old. Well, <laughs> only, yeah. Well, yeah. Imagine my, my grandparents here. <laughs> you're only 37 years old. You're not ready for children. <laughs> but, but it's like, I, I wouldn't pay the right amount of attention, attention to them. And it's like, but I also feel like part of me, Terrence, if I'm being truly honest, part of me only wants kids so that I'll have grandkids and one day I'll be sitting around the fire and they just listen to my stories. And I just like tell the stories <laughs> of like granddad, yeah. you know, and just to have the legacy. Cause I also think, you know, not to be sort of like sappy, but it's like, I'm an only child. My dad and mom, when, you know, when I die, their story ends, you know, like their, yeah, their whole lineage yeah. ends, like all that's end of the line, all that's over. And, and, and it's like, I, I feel like I re- one day I got really, dr- in one of these notebooks, I got really drunk. In one of these notebooks, he got really drunk. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Maybe I should have kids and not really worry about who this is, is with. page one of the yeah. notebook, by the way. <laughs> yeah. this is, oh, he did not have to find this. This is, this is the, <laughs> maybe I should have kids and not really worry about who it's with. I wouldn't be a terrible father. Uh, blah blah skipping some things skipping some things <laughs> and, 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 but names it's like, of women but this this idea of like you know like um, you, so many people are like and I've talked to friends you know that are like that are married and are kind of like well we don't really feel like we're ready for kids you know financially and blah blah it's like what do you mean ready no, but none of our parents were ready. Have the fucking kid. Yeah, you figure it out. You're not going to let your kid starve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and that's sometimes that's how I feel. Like, every once in a while, I'm like, God, you know, I should just, you know, get married and, and have kids. And, and so what if I get divorced after five years? Or so what if I'm not, like, a perfect yeah. parent? It's like, I'll be fine. You'll be, yeah. You, like, know? you know you'll be above average. Idiots yeah. do it all the time. There's so yes. many dumb idiots. So many idiots. Who do it. That's why moving to New York, I was like, my my mantra moved to New York was like dumb dumber people than me move to New York every day and yes. they're not dead. Yes. They're totally fine. Exactly. You get an apartment and a job and that's basically it. You, you can just do it. You figure you figure it out. You'll figure and, it out. And and in the you know, we're also fortunate insofar as in the moving to New York thing, it's like if it all falls apart, you go and you live in your fucking ma's house for a couple of years until yep. you get, get it back together and then you go do that. Yeah. And maybe your life is a little less exciting after that because you 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 live in the suburbs or whatever. But it's like, so fucking what? You right. know, big whoop. No problem. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario and it ain't that bad. That's that a bad. very good worst case scenario for sure. Um, I want to ask you about your album because I listened to it and it was great. I mean, I listened to it back when it came out and I listened to it a little bit this morning. Thank you. Um, I like it that it was of the you acknowledged the way it was recorded, which yeah. was a room full of people you know very well, yeah. including friends and like family. A lot of family. You called yeah. out family specifically, uh-huh. like Uncle Charles over there is blah blah blah. Yeah. I loved it. Like and you, oh someone heckled and you're like recording yeah. camera oh, camera yeah. camera. <laughs> like you're like I'm recording and it was like one of the funniest parts of it was like. I'm recording a fucking special. You never uh, acknowledged at any point that. Well, first of all, there was cameras. Where's the fucking footage? Well, that's a whole that's a whole thing. I have the uh, James James Webb who who recorded and set it all up. God bless him. Uh, ha- sent me the footage and has been on my ass to do the to pick out the versions that I like best. And I've just been fucking. I've just been. L- 
it's hard to it's hard to watch your own stuff. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times, and I've kind of it it it, it I've just been sort of dragging my ass to edit it, and and or to pick the because basically I just have to like number you know pick it. Okay, this I like this version best on version out of the one. two shows, right? Yes. two shows pick the, yeah this bit from this yes. show this bit from this show this bit from and, this show. and there's some sort of blocker for me and I don't really know what it is some psychological blocker that's that's stopping me from just sitting down and doing it and let me tell you it took me a long time to sit down and do it even with the the audio so it it is coming out it will come out on video a full special full special on video yes and I don't know how they're gonna release it that's all James and in um, the the production company that he's running to to do that and uh yeah i mean at some point i kind of just want to be like hey james your production company you fucking edit it i don't want to do it you know but definitely but, do that i mean it's like yeah I, you're i, I you're might not do a, that <laughs> i don't think you're a good i i mean like i'm not even sure like you're the correct person to ask about which bit well, went better you've got so much stuff front loaded in your brain about you know like you got too much bias yes too yes and and you know like i listen i listened to a um set of mine the other day that, you know, I just, you know, some backyard show, actually a Wacky Shack, Kevin, Kevin White's show, which is a fucking wonderful show. But it's very I, I had a, I had a hot one. I had a good set and I listened to it and I was listening to it, enjoying, enjoying, enjoying it. And then it's like, nah, okay. And, you know, I got to a part that made me cringe and it's like, okay, done with that now. Don't want to hear same. my voice. That yeah. Same you know how that shit yep. goes. And the, even and if the bit after the cringe is, I need to listen to it. I'm doing it again tomorrow. I want to know how it went and figure out what I can improve, but I can't get past the cringe point. Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. And, and, and I go, who the fuck am I? I'm such a yes, idiot. It's so painful. Yeah. It's, it's so painful. So like you're going to do an hour of that. No, yeah. two hours of that. You have to watch two, two hours. hours. Right. Exactly. You have to watch both of the things where it's like, and, it, it, that, and that's where I kind of just want to be like, you know what? Let me shove this back to you. Like, I mean, and cause he's the one like he produced it. You're the one that stands to make money off of it. You know, like, and I mean, I do as well, right. but I didn't, I, James did me a major favor recording this thing and editing this thing. I've never once, and this is not to say like, you know, I'm this, you know, like pure artist. I never thought about making money off of it. Right. Um, I, I just wanted a document. Yeah, right. James put the money up. James has to recoup the money. You know, and, so and right, okay. So it's like it's more, and this is not this is not a referendum on James Webb. James Webb is a is a is a great man and a great asset to Chicago comedy Branded and comedians. and comedy at large, and a yeah. good friend, and did me the one of the greatest services of my fucking life. But it is so painful for me to look at that shit. But to what what you were originally getting at, which is like the family members and acknowledging that. Yeah, okay, yeah. so I thought about this before I did the the. Uh, kind of like not like I hadn't like strategized over it but like the day of the recording I remember thinking there's so many family members there and would Danny Danny Callis who who runs CYSK which is where I recorded the the album and and he's he's the godfather of Chicago comedy I'm like would he be pissed like am I not supposed to refer to all my family members and stuff there am I supposed to would he be pissed no, well, not that's not the word. Would it be like word. a slap in the face to not the... a slap? In the, that's not even. Would he, would he be like, oh Jesus, amateur, that sort of thing? Okay, like 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 acknowledging it, you know. 
and I sort of came to the conclusion, and rightfully so, I think, where it's like, listen, this is not, I'm not, I almost said Louis C.K. Uh, I'm not Chris Rock, someone who doesn't have scandal. But like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not a big name. This, the, the majority of people that will be listening to this album, at least in the first 10 years of its release, yes. are people that already know me. Yeah. And, and so, or, or at least have, yes, know me. And so it's like, I'm not going to try to, it would almost seem pathetic to treat it as if it was some Hello, Chicago. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Where people are going to be like, you know, buying my album, people that I've never like met and looked in the eye and and be like, what the hell is this? What's all the family? It's like, no, nobody like that's going to be listening to it. And it will make, and, and, and at the very bottom of it all, it will be the truest representation of me exactly. if I acknowledge the things that I would normally acknowledge. And this is what the place that got me to a position where I, where I was in a position to make an album at CYSK. Right. And it's like, just be your fucking self. And, and, and if it's awkward, it'll be awkward and that'll be funny. Yeah. Right. If it's not awkward, then, then this is, then it's going how it should go. And that was decided before both tapings. I just sort of, in, in, I, I, I I hate to use a word like decide, like I made it, but I did. I, I remember thinking I did sort of come up with a line where I was like, I got all my, you know, I got so many uh, aunts and uncles here, but you know what? I'm not Peter fucking Frampton. I'm not going to have, I'm going to have some aunts and uncles at the, at my first live record, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and, and so I decided I kind of wrote down that little line. And when I wrote down that line, I'm like, yeah, just, just, yeah, just do it like a regular show. Right. You're there, you know? there, there you're admitting by planning on doing that. You're admitting like, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little yes, bit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think that's. And being honest. Yeah. It's being honest. It's being honest to my, this is kind of weird. I forgot that it's taping. <laughs> it's being honest to my style. It's being honest to your style, which is off the cuff and fun. Yeah. And you, you play the room and you call shit out. It's never the same set twice. You're just doing it. You're riffing up top. Yes. It's crazy when you get a beer, I realize how much you've been talking. When you go get a beer, I realize, like, I'm like, wow. I gotta, you should have asked me about my uh, girlfriend history then. And then I'd be like, I haven't found the mood, right, girl? You know, and, and, and here's the thing that goes with that off the cuff and blah, 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 which, which we've been sort of talking about the, the entire time here. And your aspirations and, and goals in the in the art form because my goals are I think fairly like reasonable or I don't want to say low, but I think a big part a, a big advantage in a way that I have is that I didn't start doing stand up comedy until I was thirty years old. Oh really? Straight yeah. up thirty. Okay. Thir- thirty years old, and and so and when I did do it. It was not so much on a whim. You know, my best friend, um, Matthias Musial, he he did it first, and and uh, I went and watched him do open mics. It was funny, and it was it's such a fun experience. And I, it still even then it hadn't occurred to me to ever try it. And he was like, "You should try this." And and then I tried it. It was you know t- terrible, <laughs> and and it really, but it, but it was one of those situations like the first open mic I ever did was so bad. That I just walked directly out of Coles and got on the bus and to go, went home fuming because it was so embarrassing. But at the same time, <laughs> I knew so immediately what I had done wrong. Yeah. That I was like, okay. 
and and there was like this weird and I'm honestly I'm kind of surprised that I ever went and did it again but I knew that but I knew what I had done wrong and then by the time that I you know got sort of good or or, or you know people like legitimately laughed it's all been like it's all like icing for me and that's like where it's like the thing with like the therapist said it's like oh you found this place where you get to do that thing so it's like I don't really and it's Certainly, I get caught up in the you know the race and the every once in a while, but not really because it was never a goal of mine. Right, I right, never, right. It never even entered my mind to start doing this until I had already been engaged and broke up, had a career, <laughs> you know, had a boring life and career, <laughs> and where it's like, oh, this I'm meeting new friends and like really cool people, right? And, and this is a and like like we were saying, I think before we started recording. I'm finally writing. Now I'm actually, actually writing. Actually writing. You know, and yes. Cre- and sharing the things that you wrote. Yes. Right. And so it's all, it's still all remained fun. It's fun. That's the thing. I think that we were talking, we were talking about people before we recorded, we were talking about people who, who don't want to do it. They can't, it gives them anxiety to do this thing. They, they have to go and they can't, they can't deal with this comedy, the rat race, whatever. And then it's like, but I think the point we came to is like, well, yeah, you got to like this part. In order, I mean, you got to like this this phase of it where you're just doing little bar shows and open mics and just writing out your little shit. Yeah, um, you can't just do this in agony, waiting for your ticket to come up. Right. You can't just right. w- like so. If you don't like it, yeah, no problem. You got yeah, yeah. I you got to go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Un- unless, and I mean, in in unless you're one of those people that is possessed of that sort of that that burning ambition. Yeah. You know, and and hey whatever god bless you know like that 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 ain't me you know and 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 a lot of people may have that but it's you know you don't have the skill level for it but a lot of those people are the people that that truly do get it to the top right because oh, yeah. they, they have a they have talent and also the burning ambition or the calculatedness to and and i actually i kind of hate that i said that because then it sounds like you're having a built-in excuse for you not getting to the well. I don't have the burning ambition and blah blah blah. But which is like a, that's a that's a mental defect that they have. That yes, gives them <laughs> so in so many TV shows. Yes, um, but it's also kind of it's also it's I mean it's it's a it's just a character thing, not a flaw. It's yeah, a character. It's a, it's a thing. It's yeah. an aspect of your character that's it's not connected to the talent, the other comedic aspects of right. comedy, which is like. Anyone who comes from a small scene or does any sort of small, we all, I'm sure you know a great painter, you know, yeah. who's like, or a great musician who's never like, doesn't want to like send out the emails to get to be a great painter guy or whatever. I don't know. Dude. Okay. So I'm reading, have you heard of the, um, the Lyndon Baines Johnson biography that Mark Carroll or is it Robert Carroll has been writing for? It's many, many volumes. It's it's four volumes now, and he's Jesus. He's like eighty eight years old, and he still has to write the fifth volume. So knock on wood, he stays. Yeah, alive. Noah's read one of them. Okay, and Noah's something. read Power Broker Power too, Broker, which, was, exactly. which was his first book. Yeah, so basically, I've read all the interesting parts of Power Broker because I live with the guy, and he okay. labs on about how smart he is. So, so I'm, and I'm, I love him, it, and he is very smart too, and he's very smart. I'm 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 listening to the um Lyndon the Lyndon Johnson biography on, on audible and power broker is very much the same way, but, but Lyndon Johnson's even, even more, but it's, it's a man that's obsessed with power 
almost purely for power's sake. Yep. And a thing that he comes back to over and over again, he, meaning LBJ, is that if you do everything, you'll win. Okay, and at the end of at the end of the first volume of this thing, he's running. He had he had he had, he'd stolen seats in these like little sort of he st- he stole a seat in his student council. He stole a seat in his um in this little sort of model UN thing that congressional aides had in the you know this is in the 30s, <laughs> and then he he eventually went and in and and, and um, ran for a house seat and got it. But and, and, and got it through just hard work and doing okay. everything, right? And then he eventually ran for a Senate seat. And he did every single thing he could, blah, 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 until the very end he made one mistake. It was a very close race. He made one mistake where he they they were leading they were leading the race and he let it get out how much they were leading by, which evidently at this point in time, and especially in Texas, you know, Senate politics. You can't let out how much you're leading by because now the opponent knows how much they got to beat you by and they'll figure a way out to do that. Okay? okay. And he and he lost the seat by a very thin margin because he made that one mistake. The one time he didn't do everything. And now I just finished the volume today actually where he actually makes the Senate and he took every he took every single um action you could take to get the seat including cheating. I mean like he yeah. stuffed ballots and there and it was they, um, they, you know, it's it's very complicated. Blah 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 blah. He cheated it, yeah. But the, he cheated it. He stole it. He stuffed ballots. He did everything that there was to it. You got to do everything. You got to do everything. And there, and in in the world of show business or in, in anything, you're always going to run into those people or meet those people that will do everything, and they will oftentimes get to the top by virtue of talent and also that ambition yeah. thing. And and that's one of them will hit. They'll do. They do every single possible route of getting in. They're doing a festival right. and a tape and a whatever. They'll schmooze. Schmoozing. They'll gravel. Yeah. They'll email. Yeah. They'll they'll <laughs> they'll you know lord over you. They'll they'll exercise power where it's useful. They'll they'll you know they'll flatter where that's useful and blah 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 blah. <laughs> and I feel like that's what gives me a sense of ease in or, or, or a sense of relief in like doing comedy. It's like. I will never do that. Yeah, I don't, and it's and it's not even, and it's not even because I'm morally above it. It's because I'm too lazy to do a lot. Of that I can't shit, beat you know? them at that game. And yeah. too lazy, and also too self-conscious. Yeah. To look stupid. Yeah, yeah. To have people, I would be so self-conscious that friends would be like, "Oh my god, look at him like doing blah." Yeah. You know anything? Trying. Yeah, and even all the times the case even is trying, which is fucking sad. But, but it's like that. So that gives you like a modicum of of relief, where it's like, hey, if I ever like made it, that would be that would be wonderful and great and whatever. But I also know that I'm not going to put in the work, the the requisite amount of work, to make it. So, this thing. I'm an HR director. That's my job. A great job, right? It, it, great job. Yeah. yeah. And and this thing that I do, I love it. I truly love it. And I'll always be able to do it. I have a I have a good enough talent where I'll be able to get on bar shows for until I know. you know, like Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like yeah. you don't have to make it or quit. Everyone yes. is thinking that. It, right. Pandemic especially. Everyone's like grad school. I'm like, all right, sure. And this yeah. is and this is where, like you were talking about, uh, you know, the people that we know that agonize over it, where it's like, I really can't 
I can't get in that. I can't understand that mindset. It's like, what do you mean you're agonizing? Right. You know, I mean, and don't get me wrong. When, when I bomb, I am a fucking bitch. Of, you know, like I, I am a sore loser. I, I hate bombing and I get, and I do, I get mad Yeah. and I get mad at the audience. I get all the, all the unproductive, all the shitty qualities come straight out. I get mad at the audience. I get mad at myself. I, you know, I storm out. I fume. Someone will say good setup. Like, Oh, okay. You yeah. know, like that's what I do all that shit. But that lasts an hour and then it's gone. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, boy, if you look at this thing like a career, what an idiot. Stupid. You know, like. You're stupid. You're a stupid dumb dumb head. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird fun bar trick. Yeah. What do you got? Is that your notes of the questions you're going to ask me? <clears throat> well, yeah, I think we're running out of time. This is oh, a, okay. a grid segue. We're about an okay. hour and 20. I feel like we're running out of time. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. Out of time. Um, I, uh, I know you're very opinionated and I just wrote a bunch of things down that I want your opinion on quickly. Okay. Speed oh. round. Oh, it's like the, the last page of a Vanity Fair. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm talking about? No, but everyone does a speed round. <laughs> okay. Because it's, right, it's, 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 it's compelling inherently. <laughs> that, uh, okay, cool. Short answers are compelling inherently for some reason. Okay. Um, I should do more speed round stuff. Just, yeah, just give me uh, your opinion. And if you don't have an opinion, just skip it. Okay. Burgers. Delicious. Cheeseburger. I like a thin patty, though. I don't like the thick ones. I, I feel like it's become a thing where gourmet burgers has become a thing. No one wants to bite into an inch of ground beef. No. Two thin patties, Double. cheese in the... Yes, yes. But love burgers. That's a smart way to do it. What kind of... Never mind. Um, skinny jeans. Why didn't you say? What kind of fries on the side of the burger? Thin and crispy. My God, let's go out to eat. Oh, let's do it. Dude, you love Walters over here. Walters? As an incredible thin burger. Okay, we'll, we should do that next week. I would love to. Incredible thin burger with very thin, crispy fries. Okay. I would absolutely love to go to Walters. Skinny jeans? jeans? I, I wear them. You wear skinny jeans yep. and you don't feel like they're – I mean, they're going out of style eventually. They, um, I, it, I'm surprised that I became a person that wears them, but <laughs> I wear them. I, 10 I years like ago them. or 15 years ago to party, oh you, my were, God. you were recording somebody go, skinny jeans? They're your sister's <laughs> jeans. What the hell are you wearing those for? In high for? school, we call them nut huggers in, <laughs> in a bad way, but now that's all I wear is almost skinny jeans. That's all jeans. you wear. Facebook stories. No, too much. Yeah, what are we doing with yeah, that? Yeah, come on. What is that? Facebook's for old people anyway. Stories is Instagram. Taylor Swift. I do not, I cannot comment on her. I don't know enough of her music. Oh. I've heard a couple songs and I think they're wonderful, but they've never been, I've never been compelled to revisit her. Okay. Um, you know that thing where someone, um, where you post a thing on Instagram stories and then someone posts it, posts that thing. Shares that thing. Shares it. Um, but then, so, okay, sorry. I post, I post a clip from my stand-up comedy or mm -hmm. whatever. Then you share that and go, Terrence is funny. You tag me Terrence. I share that you shared it. No. What do you think about that? Bad. But everyone does that. Stupid. It's stupid. I mean, well, okay. Everyone does it. You can't. It's accepted. It's, I got shit for doing, so, I got shit once for, what did I do? Oh, I think it was the album. So many people were posting about, oh, shit, yeah. I've done that. But I, I, I got shit for that, and it made me feel a little self-conscious. And granted, it was shit from a non-comedian and sort of a shit talker. But it was like, it, it made me feel self-conscious, and I got it. But you, so you post, then someone reposts with yeah. the comments, and then you post their repost with their yes. comments. Which everyone does. It's borderline. It, it, everyone, I don't judge it. I, I know, but I think I'm like I think I'm, I think we're I think we're all crazy. 
I yes. think it's absolutely insane. It, it, it's, it's like, well, okay, Bobby shared it to his people. Why do I need to tell everyone that Bobby yeah, shared it to his people? But People but, are sharing this, I say. But, you know, depending on who the person that shares it is, it isn't, it's sort of like an endorsement. Like if someone exactly. bigger than you. But that's why I say it's borderline. Like I understand the mentality that goes behind it, but – it's kind of gross. It's gross. I, I yeah. do it. I, I think we're going to look back and be like, what the hell were we jerking each other off about? <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I thought you read. Okay. Um, the uh, genre of memoir. Oh. He's reaching for his bookshelf. He loves it. You like memoir. Oh, my God. It's so many books. So many books. The How many? Uh, my Struggle. Yes. Oh, Max Friedman recommended that to me on this podcast. Max Friedman's read that. Yes. My Struggle is, Memoir. It is. I, I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I think it's the best thing I've ever read. If Bobby says that, that, that the My Struggle Memoir by Carl, one more time. Carl, Carl Ova Kanausgaard. It's the best thing you've ever read in it's, your life. It's a, it's somewhat, one of the blurbs um, describing it put it the best. It's like reading your own secrets in someone else's diary. Oh my it God. It is truly, it is truly a remarkable and transformative experience in reading it is absolutely hypnotic even at its most boring moments except except in the final the the final so it's called my struggle which of course is mein kampf yeah right which is whatever um not whatever it's, all, it's very <laughs> provocative and and he never addresses why until the final um, book you can kind what of what is see this guy's that, life that he has so many volumes of a memoir well but this is this is the thing there's, I mean, it's special insofar as he's a writer, but that's about it. Okay. He just, it, it, it is a, it is an active illustration about how, about two things, about how interesting life is yeah. and how, of course, relatable life is. And also about how, if the writing is good, it don't fucking matter what it's about. Yeah. And, and it's absolutely hypnotic until the, the last, um, Volume. The last volume. Thank you. I could not think of that word. What was a trial because there is within it like a 400-page biography of Hitler, which which is boring, and a lot of art, um, not appreciation is not the right word, but but like explication of artworks. Okay. Which gets absolutely incredibly boring, and it's like get back to your fucking life. Okay. But I think memoir is when done well. As that is, great. Primo. Yes. Okay. Mayonnaise? <laughs> I like the taste. I don't ever want to see it. <laughs> so I, th that is, a th I don't like That's to enough. watch them put it, got it up. Yeah. I don't ever want to see it. Cereal? Love it. Makes, upsets my stomach now. Me but, too. Yeah. We, uh, do you ever have it with uh, an alternative milks? I have, and it's not the same. I agree. Ghosting. Hateful but necessary. <laughs> Reusable bags. Good for you. <laughs> Try hard, bitch. Try. <laughs> yeah, in Chicago, I feel like other cities they're, they're more into them, but um, this city also. I never, I'm not going to carry them with me. That's it. Well, I will carry one reusable bag. I've started doing that. I'll just put it in my back pocket. But that, but that's it. Bold. All right, dogs. You're a cat love, guy, but. Uh, Love dogs. My my ma has dogs. Okay, you don't have anything against dogs. No, no. Um, PDA. You know, I think it's, I think it's gross, but I am a major violator of that. <laughs> I am a PDA guy. I bet you wouldn't think that, but I'm a PDA guy. 
public smooching all the time. Not all the time, <laughs> but I, I am a PDA guy. I have a, my 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 role is if it's not our friends around us, who gives a shit? Exactly. Yeah, we're just yes. a, yeah. I've done not in front of your friends. Exactly. But I am also I am also an apologetic PDA person, where it's like if I feel like my girlfriend's mad at me, which is all the time, I'll be like, oh, you know, grab like her, in, in, grab even her. with friends around, so that's yeah. kind of like lame. It's lame. <laughs> but I, but I do it. Uh, splitting a tab at a restaurant. Equal ways every time. Just equal ways. Equal ways. Okay. If you're looking at the receipts, it's it's just no. I, I hate. I you. don't like that. I yeah. hate you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, what about masks right now? This is tough. This is political. The top. Just for the for listener, this is now March. No, this is what. This is June first. Fucking twenty twenty one. Everyone's vaccinated. Uh, who wants to be? All right. If you're wearing a mask outside now. Fuck you. Okay, and here's what I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of run a bit now because I've been thinking about this, but I'm afraid to say it on stage because we're in Brooklyn. But here's the thing: no one has caught COVID outside, and if they have, it's because you were sneezed directly on, <laughs> and you were sneezed directly on by one of these motherfuckers that don't cover their mouth when they sneeze. Yeah, and the people that don't cover their mouth when they sneeze or cough when, when they're wearing a mask. Yeah, they pull it down to sneeze. <laughs> We've seen them all do it. But it's 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 I can't give a quick answer to this. No, that's because okay. It's be, the last one. Okay, good. Because it's 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 nuanced. Because you want to wear a mask because you don't want to look like a person that's anti-mask. I know. But in Mike Brabinsko, I put this very perfectly in a um, in a tweet. A, a he tweet was saying, that got no likes. Yeah, yeah. yep. He, he was totally robbed. Because how did he put it? He said. You don't want to – people say they don't want to wear a mask because they don't want to look, look like, a like a Republican. And he said, I thought denying science was – denying science – Denying science about, for appearances is the most Republican thing you can do anyway. Exactly. Denying exactly. science just just because. Exactly. Yeah. And um, it, there was a thing I – and I get I, – I feel – and it puts you in a paranoid state because when I walk around now, for, for a while until – until Cuomo did the thing where it's like no masks outside, yeah. I would have the mask under my chin, ready to go whenever I went in someplace. Now I'll put it on the arm, but I I have this like paranoid. It brings out a bad thing in me where I have this paranoid thing where I feel like the rich white people are giving me a dirty look because <laughs> I'm not wearing it. And it's like, bro, like. Use your fucking brain. Read something. You know, right. It's like, come on. Indoors is one thing, but I do I get scared that it's it scares me that masks are gonna become like a part of our life. Yeah. You know, like that is so dystopian and also so extra. Like <laughs> it's it's so fucking extra and it's so performative in a lot of ways. Now you have the the people that are railing against wearing masks especially when you know before people were vaccinated blah, exactly blah, and right they're, and they're and they're deplorable that's bad company you don't want to be yes. in that company i understand right. that but we right. need to but it's but we need to like we also we do need to move on yeah you know like i am i am vaccinated plus a month yeah you know i don't need the fucking thing if we're indoors i'm there I'll yeah do it because there's still what is there's still are they still saying that you can carry it without 
having it, right? Thank you for asking me. I am a virologist, so I'm okay. glad that you. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever they say. Well, and They're saying you don't have to wear it, so I'm not gonna fucking do it. Exactly. Any place where I don't have to wear it, I'm not wearing. I'm it. thrilled about not wearing yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And I've seen some people, some of our friends <clears throat> or peers, that are like almost like, yeah, I'm gonna keep wearing a mask. I'm gonna wear a mask all the fucking time just to piss you off, and it's like. That's why people voted for Donald Trump. That's you know, like that, 100%. that that militant, like stupid, and like, and it's also like this thing where, okay, let, one more thing about that, where people were like, I remember on Twitter a while, a while ago, people saying, you know, there's variants. Okay, you, we're yeah. starting to get vaccinated and blah blah blah. This thing isn't over for another two years, and it's like. You're so happy to say that. Yes, they are. Whose yes. side are you on? <laughs> the disease or human? You know, and that's like, and that's where it's like, it's become so smug and it's become so like, and I hate to say the word liberal in this sense, but liberal for liberal sake, sure. you know, to, yeah, to like, it's so smug and stupid. It's like, this is a disease right. that's murdered people. It's bad, you know, and, and us moving past it. In, in, in a responsible, scientifically-led way is a good and optimistic thing. It should be a thing. celebration. Take it off and smile. Yes. Here we are. We're back. We never liked them. Yes. You're associating the mask with like the, like the feeling you got where it's like we're doing the right thing. But now... That's not thing anymore. Right. It's yeah. not the right thing anymore if it's, if it's I not. I guess. You yeah. Know? Right. Right. So, yeah. The fact that you don't have a podcast is an absolute crime. <laughs> absolute crime. You know, Terrence. Okay. So. Criminal. Candace was telling me that I should start a podcast. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. She told me to just because we, oh, I'm all about World War II and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, start, like, I was telling her some story about it. And she's like, record it into a thing and send it to me. And, and I started doing that. And I was thinking, yeah, I should just do a podcast. And not necessarily about World War II, but I should just do a podcast of just me talking. But. I like I get into that you get into that thing where it's like oh god I'm gonna be I'm gonna be not only another guy starting a podcast Absolutely. but where it's just me that's because goofy. I feel like that that's what I would want to do it's just yeah. me that yeah you yeah, know? yeah 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 and it, there's something so there's something so like I don't know you just feel so you know you're a straight white male you're making your own Podcast where it's only you talking, huh? Oh, you know. But I know. I I'm going to I'm going to do it. Well, you had Blake and Bobby go to the movies. Me and Blake are thinking about starting a new one too. Good. Yeah. Over Zoom, which everyone loves. Sarcastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, For the chemistry. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, this is great. What you have going is great. I love it so much. You know. And Honestly, like it, I could throw them all away. I love them but, so much. But it's well, and but that's. In, in some sense, that is the sign of a great podcast of this format where it's like we, we are we're just talking. I mean, like yeah. I've, I've been performing for the camera in a while now, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, and sometimes I'll look at it, but like <laughs> we're just we're, we're chatting like this is great. I know. You know, look, here's Lola. She now we finally have, decided to come now up. Now we got cat. Yeah, this would have been great earlier. <laughs> cat, some cat she video. She says that it's over. She's like, you know what? It's you know been what? an hour and a half. We're wrapping up. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, by your ad, Bobby. What's your social media presence, oh, okay. Bobby? So, oh, and do you have any general calls to action for the audience that are not to follow you on social media? Um, Anything that you'd like them to do? Call to action for the audience. 
I would say, you know, don't be a bitch about the masks. Um, actually, d- delete that. Um, no, JK. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do feel that way. I mean, be responsible. Verbal, know. whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I mean, hey, you live your fucking life and and quit bugging other. People, I hate that you asked me to do a call to action because then I felt like I needed to say something. I it's said really something throwing stupid. comedians for a loop. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I'm gonna do. Okay, um, but uh, at know. Bobby Condon on Instagram, and I think it might be the same thing. Oh, at Bobby underscore Condon on Twitter. On Twitter, I went viral recently. So C O N D O N. Bobby's like dad went viral for a very <laughs> funny <laughs> message about. He goes. What do I do to I don't I don't love this Instagram I post. I like but not love an Instagram <laughs> picture. They have a heart but I don't love it. All right, dad. And he he, the, so he sent me another one which which I thought he sent me a text message the other day where it was like um is Abbey Road good? I'm like you mean the album by the Beatles? Just say hi. Just say I miss you. Yes, it's fucking good, and you should know better than anyone. You lived through it. Yeah, the album that came out when you were eighteen <laughs> by the Beatles. <laughs> it's worth oh a listen. God. It's worth a read. Yes, yeah, definitely good, Dad. Speaking of albums worth a listen, Bobby Condon's album is called Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits. And you're already on your phone listening to him on, I think, it's a great one-two punch. Hey, Get how into about it. that? It's fun and ranty, hilarious. JFK, The JFK bit's all time. Oh, thanks, buddy. All time hilarious. Um, thanks, Bobby. Start a podcast. Don't Thank ask. you. Bye. And that was Bobo Condo, Bobby Condon, coming at you with some condescending remarks, um, which I think, I don't know if I got that on air, but I did come up with condescending, um, which is when Bobby talks to you like you're an idiot, uh, which is how he talks to <laughs> how he talks to a lot of people, but he's the best, as you know. Um, follow him on Instagram, Bobby Condon. Pretty good Twitter, too. I think it's pretty good, pretty fun, compl- kind of complainy Twitter. Um and uh thanks for listening uh of course rudy schultz designed our beautiful logo our meaning mine i am the whole team over here at down by the river but thanks rudy schultz for helping me out by making the logo and thank you to steve gerard for recording the theme song um steve gerard does a band steve gerard is in a band called crown blue music that you can listen to and it's really good music it's interesting um thanks for listening tell a friend you're the best catch you next week Bye bye